Good evening, everybody. Jay. And like all things we do at Anointed Radio Network, we're going to start in decency and order. The scripture we're coming out of today will be from Jeremiah 31 and 25. I will refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. God will be that renewal of strength, that renewal of peace, renewal of satisfaction in your life when you feel like you're missing something. And you have to realize that despite what you're going through, despite how tired you are, despite how drained you are, despite how many people talk about you, despite how many, anything that you're going through, just remember that at the end of the day, you can turn to God and he can renew your strength. He can help you through. He'll always have your back. So just don't forget. Because God has a purpose for you. And despite if nobody sees it, as long as God is on your side, you can do it. Because you can do all things through Christ that strengthen me. Amen, everybody. Amen. Dear Father, thank you, Lord, for bringing us here tonight. Bringing us here on this Wednesday, Lord. We've, We've halfway gone through the week and we just thank you for everything that you're doing, God. God, just right now in the name of Jesus, bless us right now to have a great show. Bless everybody that's listening. Everybody that's going to listen to the God, right now I just ask you to be able to bring a change, God. Bring a, 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 a miraculous change to Las Vegas where people can start seeing you, people can start hearing you, and people can start portraying you. None of us, none of our selfish ways, none of our, our, our foolish petty arguments and issues. God, just let it be all of you, God. Let us be peacemakers, God. God, continue to work on us. Continue to be with us. Continue to encourage us and give us strength to finish this week strong until we get to glorify you and praise you this Sunday. God, we just thank you for everything that you're doing. And we just ask you right now to touch everybody that's listening touch everybody that is is in a need, financial need, a a healing need, or just a need of, of understanding. God, we just thank you for all the things that you do. We thank you for the food on our table, the clothes on our back, the roof over our head. God, we just give you all the praise. And God, right now, let us be able to focus on you. Keep our eyes on you. Despite how much the enemy tries to distract us, let us be able to stay on the straight path, Lord, and just guide our feet. And we say that all in Jesus' precious name. Let the church say, Amen. Amen. Amen, amen. This is Pastor Jay. And like always, you can find me at Anointed Jaylon on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me at Pastor Jaylon Calhoun on Facebook. And it is great to be here today. We have Minister Stretch in the building. Woo! Going for the Las Vegas mayor. Man, that's big stuff. And we're going to go into that into the interview. But I definitely wanted everybody to know who's in the building. It's a great honor to be able to see a young leader come and do something positive because. He could do anything, but he chose to do a change for somebody else. Amen. Amen. So we just going to um, 
have him on at on I think about like 7:30, 7:35. Matters on how long my Facebook live is. Check it out, and then we will talk about Minister Stretch. But guess what? I missed y'all. I ain't been on air since Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long time ago. Been a long time. You know, I know you heard me on iHeartRadio and Apple and all that, all those platforms we own. But, you know, it's always great when I'm live. I'm live, baby. Yeah. So definitely, um, like always, check out LV, not IV, because I've been having people um, have struggling issues finding us because they put IV. But it's LV. Anointed Radio um, on Instagram, Twitter. Just go to Anointed Radio on Facebook. And you could check us out on anointedradionetwork.com. Or, you know what my favorite Wednesday phrase is? Alexa knows my name. Hey, I'm just saying. I forgot the rhythm of it, but Alexa knows our name. And um, Alexa, you could say, hey, Alexa, play Anointed Radio Network, and she will play it up. There's actually a lot of people around the world that's using that feature and app. Shout-outs to Google for even making Alexa, you know, and she's not the feds, just in case. You know, shout-outs to Google, yeah, for Alexa. But we got some announcements, and I'm going to stop talking and looking up for my music list. Good evening, everyone. This is Lady AJ. And you can find me on Instagram at LadyAJ2020. And I need to make an announcement. We are having a free medical clinic on Saturday, March 31st from 9 until 2.30. Registration is from 9 to 12. It's going to be located at Charity Christian Church at 5705 East Tropicana Boulevard. The cross street is Boulder Highway. Charity Christian Church is doing this medical clinic in collaboration with In Jesus Name Medical Ministry. So if you are in need of a physical exam, if you need to get your blood pressure checked or just uh, some type of basic injury care, if you need some counseling, vision, and dental screening, make sure to come out, 05 East Tropicana Boulevard, Charity Christian Church, Saturday, March 30th from 9 until 2.30. Registration starts at 9. And this is Coach Hill. You can find me on Instagram at 910coach. And remember, patience is a talent that a lot of people don't have. You're not going to say Oh, yeah, oh yeah and the Golden Knights won 7-3 against the Sharks. Okay. We're on, uh, I think we won 9 out of the last 10 games. And we're getting ready to go into the playoffs as a force and try to get that championship this year. Go Knights, go! Whoop whoop! To our proud, uh, proud partners of the Golden Knights, we definitely appreciate them and and their efforts. Um, one thing that we would like to talk about is go vote for us at the FedEx yes. Grant Business Small Business um, Contest, where we could be able to win. Um, funding for anointed radio so we could be able to provide more for the listeners you know be able to get more things out there more events so that we could be able to reach out to you guys and show that your your platform cares about y'all you know with us being the only christian station in las vegas i said it and I, y'all could correct me if i'm wrong <laughs> but i said it the no, only christian number one. and number, number one. one because we're the only one <laughs> Uh, Christian network. Well, I knew it was coming. So, you know, exactly, it, right? Yeah, it, it's it's, well it's automatic when, when you're the only one. Um, 
definitely support this. We're a Christian-based organization, and our message is to push out to God. You know, push God to everybody. Spread the gospel. Be able Amen. to have people show their testimony through audio or on video and be able to give some gems to people because we've got some great gems in our past interviews from pastors from all over this nation that has gave some real insight, not something all, you know, pretty, but it was something that was deep and real about what they really went through, the struggles that they went through, and all that stuff is important. To do that, amen. Amen. And I got a twin the, in the building. I heard that, oh, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> and, and don't forget, you go to Anointed Radio on uh, Facebook, and there's the link to the uh, FedEx Grant. Oh, yes, and you right. could you could vote every day, once a day, um, until April first. April first is coming, y'all. Definitely continue to vote. Um, we definitely appreciate you in advance for your votes. So. And the top prize is $50,000. Anything is better we'll than nothing. That but we're going to claim that right in the now. name of Amen. Jesus. But anything is better than nothing. Amen. Amen. So whatever God provides to us, I, I am happy with it. Praise God. Um, one thing I wanted to, to talk about is shout outs to Praise Break underscore commercial break. Mr. Marquise out of Chicago, who we had an um, Instagram um, interview, just some new stuff, Instagram interviews, y'all, uh -oh. and um, we had a great show out of a lot of people coming and um, talking, and we had a, I, I, I gave a little message out there, encouraging uh -oh. the people, and talked about Anointed Radio, so definitely check out Mr. Praise Break underscore commercial break on Instagram, his name is Marquise, um, yeah, shout outs to him, but guess what? I'm going to go ahead because, oh, I, I wanted to say this because um, this was on my heart. Um, I want people to ha I have a prayer request. Um, there was a young lady who lost her life back in uh, my hometown. She was shot on the freeway, um, and she's from Antioch, California. She was on Highway 4. She got shot, and to find out she – Ashley went to school with me and was in my gospel choir in um, Antioch, California. And it hit home because I was like, man, you never know who's around you. And then, you know, you never know when somebody's last day. So definitely pray for that family. She was so young to lose her life. And, it's, and I heard it was because someone cut somebody off. No one knows if she cut them off or they cut off or somebody next to her. But um, all we know is that she gone. And it was over nothing. So uh, definitely pray for the family, y'all. And let me tell some of y'all drivers a little lesson I learned a long time ago. It's better to get there late than not get there at all. Amen. That's true. Amen. So we're going to go ahead and go into the mix. And today I'm feeling some Tone. And I don't care what nobody say about Tone. He grew up my youth ministry when I was in youth ministry, praise dancing and all that. So we're going to play some uh, Tone. And then we're going to go into the mix. See y'all soon. Everybody get up on your feet one time. Come on. Woo! 
feel it in the atmosphere. The presence of the Lord is here. Oh, the presence of the Lord is here. The Spirit of the Lord is here. Anybody feel it tonight? The Spirit of the Lord is here. I feel it in the atmosphere. The Spirit of the Lord is here. Oh, the Spirit of the Lord is here. The power of the Lord is here. The power of the Lord is here. I feel it in the atmosphere. The power of the Lord is here. The power of the Lord is here.
Everybody say, oh. Set me free 
yeah, 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 we are in the interview segment. The praise is over for right now. So, we got in the building today, Minister Stretch, our Las Vegas candidate for mayor. Amen. Amen. And I just want everybody to introduce... My brother, Minister Stretch, everybody in the building. Hey. Bless you, family. Thank you for having me on the show. Power to the people. How we doing? Amen, amen. So one thing we want to go ahead and do is we want to know a little bit about your background. So how did you start? Um, what really got you to Las Vegas? So I moved to Las Vegas eight years ago with my mother and my twin brother. Basically, my mom wanted to give us a fresh start, you know, a, a new opportunity of life and to be able to kind of start over. So we selected California. We felt since we was kind of new to the West Coast, that may be a little fast paced. And so she suggested Las Vegas. Moved here March 7th and the rest is history. Amen. Amen. So what was your first step into getting into uh, community um, leadership? So June 22nd, 2015 was the first time I entered a protest, went to a protest, it was for the 5 to 15, raising the minimum wage to $15 an hour. I went, and it was really like a rush. Mm. I mean, because at, at the time, I was seeing the cities of Chicago and LA and Oakland participating in the uprisings of the, of the police brutality, of police terrorism rallies and protests. I'm like, what is Vegas doing? Mm. Then I started seeing the new wave of the 5 to 15 uh, protests, and I'm like, I'm really missing out. Right. And so I literally Googled protests in Las Vegas, Black Lives Matter protests, rallies, things like that. And there was a flyer for an event they call uh, May Day, that we made first, like a national labor rights uh, protest. And, and the flyer was a group called the 515. So I messaged them on Facebook, and they said, well, we got a, a protest coming up this weekend. Do you want to come? I said, yeah. And I was, I was like 20. I didn't even have a license yet. So the guy picked me up, took me to the protest. They had me speak, and I was just like, I feel like I was like in a civil rights movement. Like <laughs> something, something went over me, and I came home, and I was like, "This is it." Like th I found my call, and I, I was only um, a month since I was saved. No, I'm sorry, a year and a month since I got saved, and so I was kind of still kind of finding my way as a new believer and kind of yeah. figuring out what's my purpose as a believer. And then that year was when everything just took off. My life literally changed, and I just. Uh, the year before, I started the group called All Shades United, but we wasn't really active. We were still kind of building the foundation. 2015, at that protest, I saw exactly what I want to do and how I want to do it, and I literally just took off ever since. I've been running ever since. Amen, amen. amen. So one thing going um, going up to now, what made you make the decision, I want to go for mayor? Well, running for mayor was something I was called to do. It wasn't plan. I literally was sitting on the edge of my bed, I want to say October 26th, and I was just thinking out loud, and I announced I wanted to run for mayor. I thought I was going crazy, to be honest, <laughs> and I said, stretch you tripping. So I forced myself to take a nap. I dreamed about it, and I knew that was confirmation. So when I woke up, I asked my mom, I consulted my family, I prayed on it, and God told me to do it. And I think he told me to do it because I've been in the community going on five years now, and I started to feel like not that what I was doing was not being impactful, but just kind of like I'm just in a standstill. Like, what's next? How do we elevate what we have done for these last four years? And God's response was run for mayor. 
I'm still trying to figure out exactly why, and I think that I won't really understand till it's over and done with, whether I'm the mayor or whether I'm not. But I think that that was kind of this is the start of something. I don't, I don't really understand everything right now, but I right. know that there's something that God has on the end of this tunnel. And so I stepped out on faith, and I ran. I'm running currently, and it's been a journey. It's a challenge. Anything you do there is going to be a challenge. It's going right. to be a struggle. Yeah. I'm running a campaign that has never been seen before. I'm running on a platform that's never been seen before in Las Vegas, and so. Being the youngest to ever run the history of Vegas, that's something that I'm proud to say. And just having the support I've been getting has been a blessing and, and having the challenges and the lack of support has been a blessing as well. And so I'm just grateful, you know, to be able to say I'm doing it. I believe that whether I win or lose, it's still a win. Right. You know, a lot of times we, we always think that if we lose, that it's a loss. Right. You know, but sometimes... By losing, you still win. It's about perspective. Right. And so I believe that whether I lose or whether I win, I still won. I'm still a winner in my eyes and in God's eyes. And so I'm running on faith. I'm running on a platform that's progressive, that's revolutionary. And I'm hoping that what I'm doing can inspire the next person. We live in a generation, especially in the millennial generation, where we're waiting on somebody to walk through that door. And so if it has to be me, then I'm honored to do that. Amen. Amen. So um, one thing I wanted to ask about the whole coming up in the community is what keeps you encouraged during the times of lack of support, the times of people saying things and they don't know you. Cause you know, we live in an age where everybody got an opinion mm -hmm. due to social media. And, and now with you going for mayor, you got the news that mm -hmm. is looking at you and things like that. So what keeps you encouraged during those times? What keeps me encouraged is obviously my faith. Amen. I am an organizer who is unapologetically Christian. I work with people who are Muslim, people who are Buddhist, people who don't have a faith, but they believe in a universal uh, moral universe. I work with anybody. I don't, I don't really look at who you believe in, who you don't believe in. I don't look at who you lay with, who you don't lay with. I may not subscribe to that lifestyle. I may not agree with that lifestyle, but I try to focus on what we do agree with. And so... Right keeps me going is my foundation. I stand on my foundation. I make sure no matter what I do or who or who I'm around, I represent my God. And so I don't force him on anybody, but I'm going to be myself, point blank, period. And so having a strong foundation keeps me going, having a strong family, a strong support system. People may see me, but I have a team. You know, everything I do is a team. It's a people's thing. And so I may be doing the talking, but it's people who are with me, not behind me, but with me who are making it possible for me right. to walk in these certain doors. And so I have a strong foundation. And also I just, uh, I choose to look at things from a, a different perspective. I'm not really concerned with the naysayers. People are going to hate. And I always say that hating takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of words to come out your mouth. And if you have that much energy to do all that talking, you ain't doing no work. See, right. I have no time to talk about what nobody ain't doing because right. I'm too busy keeping my eye on the prize. But when you are not focused and you don't know your purpose in life, You'll fall short of being jealous. You'll fall short of being envious. And you'll right. fall short of trying to knock a young brother who was 24 years old, who, who announced he was running at 23, and don't have to be doing this. Mm -hmm. That's what people seem to forget. I don't get anything out of this that's monetary. Do I get a paycheck? Absolutely, an emotional paycheck. I get a paycheck knowing that I'm helping somebody. I'm doing the right thing. And the reward I'm getting, no man can give me. Right. So when it's all said and done, when I get the hating and people trying to uh, knock me and lack of support, I just, you know, I, I send up a good prayer and I, you know, I, I keep it moving, you know, but I understand that adversity is a part of the game. And many of us 
claim we want to be successful, but we don't want to go through the obstacles right. mm. to get to success. And so I understood that when I stepped up to serve this community, at the time, I didn't know it was going to be quite to this extent, but I've been out here since I was 19. I'm 24 now. So I've saw a lot. I've experienced a lot. And my biggest thing is I don't force myself in no lane. I create my own lane. Right. And a lot of times that's embraced, but it's not embraced because it's like, okay, who he think he is? He's not from out here. He's young. He, you know, he's, he's not experienced. He don't have any experience. So I just stay focused. You know, I don't talk about anybody. I don't, I don't bash anybody. I just do me. And right. sometimes that's people prefer you talk about them. Right. At least you're giving them some attention. But when you say, you know what, I ain't even going to pay you no mind. I'm going to keep moving. People hate that. But I, but it's worked for me. You know, right. and so I've been very successful. And I say that humbly. I've been very successful in what I've been doing. I'm going I'm to keep doing it. You know, so I understand people going to talk. But like they say, if you don't got no haters, you're a hater yourself. Right. So I, I praise God. And I say uh, with so much gratitude, I'm not a hater. Never been a hater. And I won't start now. And so I'm going to just continue to press forward. And at the end of the day, when you are creating change on any capacity, whether it's in the ministry, whether it's in the movement, be prepared to have some haters. It come, come along with the territory. Well, you know, um, when you first and bef- when you first put out on Facebook, because if y'all don't know, Pastor Jay and Minister Stretch, we follow each other. Actually, I knew him on Facebook before I got to meet him in face-to-face. And when I saw that you were posting, uh, that when you posted, say, you know, I'm going to run for mayor, I st- instantly started praying because it's a great, I guess you could say it's a great image to see a young, a young man of color coming out and say, instead of being the stereotype, instead of wasting time, instead of worrying about weed, drinking, girls, and all this stuff, which everybody thinks that we do because that's what media depicts us as. You're going to make a change because my wife always says this, and that's kind of why I've made this platform for everybody to come. You know, you could talk a lot about what other people are not doing, but the main thing is what are you doing for change? And it, and it's a, it's a great thing that you're going out there because it's not just you representing yourself. You know, back when Martin Luther King was going out there, he wasn't just representing himself. Yes, people talk about him and still talk about today, but he was representing that there was a way. You know, and you're and you're showing young people that there's a way of being educated. There's a way of being about yourself and 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 taking care of business. You know, because that's not used, especially here in Las Vegas. Las Vegas has is a big town with small town issues, mm-hmm. and you know we, they they think different. You know, with me coming from California, it's a lot of stuff backwards. You know, there's a lot of things that haven't been developed, and a lot of things that are. I guess you could say at the end of the day, uh, I guess God's telling me to be quiet. So we're going to go back to Minister Stretch. I got a question for you, Minister Stretch. Say you pull off something that I see as a tough challenge just because of the history of the family. Mm-hmm. Not the history of good deeds they done. Mm-hmm. Just the history of that name. Ever since I was little, that's all you heard was Goodman, Goodman. So... You, you pull up the, the upset, because in my eyes, that's what it would be. But what what would you do first day in office? First day in office, I'm probably going to say welcome home. Amen. <laughs> to myself and to everybody in office. And uh, I would really just examine the condition. I think that a lot of times we put politicians on pedestals. And so even though I'm running, I say not against Mayor Goodman, I'm running for that. I'm running for that seat. I don't That's run against me. anybody. Amen. I'm running for that seat. And my biggest thing is I'm examining now. And so I understand she's human. Uh, politicians are human. 
I think that we don't understand the role of a politician and we put too much emphasis on government and we're always disappointed. And so, number one, I would examine exactly what was done and I would come in more with understanding. And so, opposed to being like, they ain't do this, they ain't do that, I wouldn't come from that place. I come from a place, okay, this hasn't been done, let's get it done. Right. Um, I feel using energy to knock anybody or bash somebody for what they're not doing, you're wasting energy. You know, you're wasting time. And so I believe at the end of the day, be the change that you want to see. And so I also understand that as the mayor, they're not a magician. They can't wave their hand and things are just going to rise up the ground. It takes time. It takes work. And also takes the support of the people. I think that we think we vote for me and I become mayor and all of a sudden you did your part. I voted, so I'm good. It doesn't quite work like that. You have to vote. But you also have to speak up. You also have to live right. You also have to, you know, march if, nece- if necessary, participate if necessary in the different fractions of, of government. It's multiple things we have to do. And I think that we assume if we just vote, our role is done. And we put so much pressure on the politician. And when they do get in office on the first day, they don't know where to start. Exactly. Because right. they feel like, wow, I made it. And I don't want to win and be like, oh, my God. So I'm coming in with approach of like, okay, let me let y'all know now. What my agenda is, a brother asked me, what do you promise? I said, I don't promise you nothing, brother. What I do uh, promise you is that if you play your role with me, we can potentially get something done. But if you think that the mayor just can just has the capacity to wave the hand, it doesn't work like that. Right. Right. Um, I, as, as excited as I am to run for mayor, I'm not naive. Right. And I understand that anytime a person of color, specifically a black man in this country, Wins mayor, president of government, a governor. You're not going to get in there and just do what you want to do. Right. I would be a fool to think that. So I understand how the game goes, and I understand what needs to be done and how to maneuver to make sure we get what we need done. So I'm not coming in with a naive mindset, but I'm coming in understanding what I'm up against and what the community looks like. And I believe that if I am your next mayor, which I hope I will be, and we work as a collective, as a human family, and speaking – um as a community, then we can get some things done. But I don't want to come in with the mindset that I'm going to come in my first day and I'm I'm going to write on the, the magic paper and, and, you know, things are going to change because that's just not true. I believe that a lot of the massive changes that have happened in this country has come from grassroots. That's why I would never give up that leg that I stand on because I understand that King never ran for office, but look at the massive change he created. So right. we need the grassroots element and we need people in the street. Right. And so as I'm running for mayor, I'm also doing a peace ride and unity walk. I'm also putting on a 1,000 Black Women's Gathering. I'm also doing food giveaways bi-weekly. And so I recognize I'm not just going to run a campaign and forget my foundation and forget that I'm an organizer when it's all said and done. I was called to serve. Amen. And so I believe as long as I keep that mindset, when I do get in office, my journey won't be as difficult because right. I've already been doing the work. And so my mind, I'm already the mayor. I just need to get the title and get the job and Amen. the salary. Amen. <laughs> so, Minister Stretch, what, what are some of the issues that you would like to address once you become mayor? Well, well one of the issues that my organization, All Shades United, what we address currently is the massive homelessness. And I say that um, quotes because I don't like to use that term personally. But... Vegas has an extreme severe problem of homelessness. Mm-hmm. And I think that the problem is not just Las Vegas problem. It's a American problem. It's a country problem. Think that we have normalized mm-hmm. people being on the street. Right. And we say, oh, uh, people out there on drugs. So they want to be out there. Or, you know, they, half of them on, you know, half of them choose to be. Nobody grew up and say, I want to be homeless. Right. Now, do right. I believe you get out there and those conditions will turn your mind and reverse your thinking to accept that? Absolutely. 
He's like, when you go to prison, what you do? In Rome, do what the Romans do. Right. You're on the street, in Rome, do what the Romans do. So it's up to us, those who are not in that condition, to break that mindset. So my mission is to create not band-aids. We go out and serve. We understand these are band-aids. We thank God for giving us the charge to do it. But in talking give you a job or housing, it's a band-aid. Right. Building courtyards to just create a homeless playground is not okay. Because number one, they're still outside. Right. Number two, they still have lack of resources. And so what I would do is I'm proposing that we have about 20 foreclosed or vacant motels that are on Fremont. And we can tear down because they claim they have asbestos. We can tear down, rebuild, which creates a job by using local construction companies. Right. And what better way than to train those who are on the street to be property uh, managers because they know the conditions. I could I could count somebody who's on drugs, but I can't really touch them because I've never been on drugs. Right. So when you want somebody to be a counselor, you go those who are former drug users, former alcoholics. They can reach them better. So those who have lived on the street, let's rehab them. Let's give them six to eight months to get a job, get established, get on their feet. Let's put a salon and a, and a barbershop in these facilities. Mm-hmm. And in six months, put them into another place of living. This will work because other cities are doing it. Right. And so we can train community members to act as first responders and to act as therapists. You have those who are already licensed. This is a career for many people. We can start training young people to be, do you want to be a therapist when you grow up? Because we need people who are struggling with mental health. And let's start rebuilding. If a person says, if a person has the nerve to tell you they want to be on the street, that's a mental illness. Right? Right. right. That's right. So why are you judging somebody? They want to be out there. But you just claim they got mental illness. So how about we understand they're mentally ill? Right. If you're comfortable, when we go out there and serve, one time a lady literally pulled her pants down in front of me and used the bathroom. Mm. Now, I was stunned, but I was kind of like, in some sense, well, I'm kind of in her space. So when you get to that point where you're comfortable and using that in front of strangers and a man on top of that, that should let you know really how severe these conditions are. Right. And let you know that you've really normalized this lifestyle. And so my first thing is, yes, we need to get better schools. Yes, we need to get better communities. But get folks off the street. That right. is a yeah. state of emergency. Nobody should have to sleep in 100-degree weather, which we think just because it's not cold like Chicago, that that's not people are dying. from. They have diseases you can develop from being in extreme heat. Right. right, people are passing, and let's not even get 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 talked about when we uh when it gets cold. So, folks need to get housing and get working. But I understand that it's a root we have to cut, and that's the economics because people are on the street because of high rent, four hundred dollar jaywalking ticket. Yeah. If you're barely making it and you get a four hundred dollar jaywalking ticket, you have a bill or a ticket. What you gonna pay? The bill. Ticket goes in the warrant. Right. You, one day you will get stopped. Now you in jail. If you had a job, you lost that because you in jail probably up to thirty days. Right. If you have no family to to go to, you lost your place. Now you on the street. The cycle continues. Right. right. Then those who try to go out and serve, park on on Fort Master and Main, get fifteen hundred dollars parking tickets for trying to help. Which means now you know we can't. If we if they make a law, which they're trying to pass a law where we can't street feed. Anarchy is going to be declared because now they're going to start really doing what they got to do to survive, which means you're going to what? Rob. If you rob, you get caught, you home invasion, you're fe- now you're a felon. Right. Now you're in prison. In prison, you're making Levi's, license plates, furniture, get out, can't get one job. The cycle continues. 
So we have to deal with the economics, economic development, and actually start investing now in the schools and in the, in the, in the early childhood developments, building trades in the schools. When my mother was coming up, other generations coming up, they have vocations in the school. You can graduate as a licensed plumber. You can graduate as a licensed mechanic. They cut that. Why? For a reason. Everything is by design. I don't just think, oh, why do they do that? Look at the hidden hand. Right. Right. There's something that's going on. The devil is busy, y'all. We better wake up. Right. <laughs> so we have to understand the conditions. And so I understand all this cannot be cleared up just for me being the mayor. But I believe that if we all pay attention closely and do what we can, we can bring massive change. And so I have a vision, and I'm hoping and praying that those support that vision. And those that don't, you know, you thank me later. <laughs> <laughs> so one, one thing I, I know, just I'm talking about the topic of homelessness here in Las Vegas. Um, I'm not a politician, but I hang with a lot of politicians, so I guess they trying to get me in there. But anyway, with that, I know that there is a problem because the homeless centers, the place that the, the city has sanctioned as, you know, Three Square, Catholic Charities, and all these places, th there's an issue that was brought to the city commissioners about how if they just expect that you've been on drugs, if they suspect that you're drunk, that they could turn you away. And that doesn't help them. You know, and, and, and that's not, who are we to judge? You know, because first of all, how can you take the right of giving food? You know, food that, first of all, you did not pay for. Let's just put that out there, because this is a nonprofit with donated food to give out. That's kind of like my issue with Goodwill, how they get all this free stuff, and then they high price it and sell it back to other people when it was supposed to be like how Salvation Army used to be back in the day where it was to help people get clothes instead of you know just throwing your stuff mm -hmm. away but I think that is a major issue where you look at people who are getting denied because they're either they have drink uh, drinking on their breath first of all let's put let's be real and we got that family member that that you could get kind of real with it you know somebody cannot quit something overnight that's true right. you know that Despite what they're going through, people change with love and, 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 and people that care and actually show that they're somebody. Right. Because if you don't feel like somebody, you're just going to act like what people portray That's you it. as. You know, like they say, if you keep calling me a liar, eventually I'm going to believe I'm a liar. Come on. And, you know, I think that, first of all, and then, you know, putting this out there on the table for you to think about, is that we have to start looking at the regulations of how we are and who we have for the homeless sector. Because, yeah, we have these great, you know, centers, Catholic charities, three square, not taking anything away, but I think some regulations have to start being reviewed mm. on how, because I don't think that we should turn away anybody for a meal. I don't think we should turn away anybody. And if we don't have enough room, which doesn't make sense, I'm from Bay Area. We had to start uh, building up because we couldn't build out no more. So Las Vegas could build out. <laughs> I'm going to just simply say it. Right. I see acre sales all the time, 17,000 outskirt from Lake Mead for this. Why can't we build more areas, build more resources, things like that? And you that. know why, Pastor Jay, we don't do that? Why? It's because we as a city structure, we don't care. See, I made this statement. They said, I don't say that the city of Las Vegas, and they could write this down and take uh, several pictures of it. The city of Las Vegas does not care about people on the street. Mm. Now, are there certain people within government, city government, that care? Absolutely. There's good and bad in anything. But as a whole, 
by the masses, they don't care. You judge the tree by the fruity bears. Right. You judge the city right. progressing by what it's doing for the least of these. Right. When they told us that we can no longer park on Fullmaster Main and Owens and Main because there's uh, the red uh, lining and there's the fire hydrants and they're giving out tickets. It's one thing saying don't park your move. You know, you see us doing the right thing. You give me a ticket. Police officers can let you go. They let you go over speeding sometimes. Right. But you're going to give me a $600 to $1,000 ticket for serving. That lets you know right then and there what time it is. Right. Then they say, right. it was an article where the sheriff said, we just prefer you guys donate to the shelters. But then when they go to the shelters, they, you can't take them off. Right. So you do women and children first, and the men are like the bottom of the totem pole. And they get sent away. But then we can't come out there and serve. So technically, you can still serve. We do it. We just park in the area where we know we can't get ticketed. So um, like a, a free parking zone. So you still can serve, but they're trying to make it eventually where that's legal. Mm-hmm. And I'm praying it doesn't go into effect because all hell will clearly break loose. Because at some point, people are going to do what they got to do to survive. And I'm just speaking for somebody who knows how people think, who are in the street, survival, the fitness mindset. They will rob, kill, whatever. When you're hungry, you yeah. can't even think right. Right. Your yeah. mind goes completely negative. And so right. it's a shame that how can you tell me, number one, what I could do with my money? That's the first thing I understand, who even gave you that law. And when I made, I shared the article and somebody said, well, that's not, that's not cool for a person who's running for mayor to say. And I said, well, end of the day, you know, I serve a higher power. And so Amen. I have to break this law. If this is a law that's telling me I cannot feed somebody, I'm going to break it. Amen. And if I'm I have to sit in jail, too. I will. If I have to sue, I will, because at the end of the day, it's not right. Right. Slavery was legal. Right. Segregation was legal. When Rosa Parks was told to move she did, and I was breaking the law. So right. let's not act like just because it's a law, it's right. 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 Yeah. If you pass a law saying that we can't help those who are literally, when you on the street, that I, I want to say that's, that's rock bottom. I don't think it gets lower than sleeping right. on the tent right. on the sidewalk. When you start telling folks they cannot use their hard-owned money to help a person get a sandwich, That's help a sister get sanitary napkins, we can't do this? For real? Nah, you can miss me with that. And you know, one thing that's crazy, I saw something that another city did. Another city uh, made an initiative because the number one issue that comes with homelessness is, oh, it takes so many resources to clean up. Guess what? If you told these people that are out there I got a job for you. Mm-hmm. I saw this. I give you a personal testimony. I, uh, a, a woman had a horse ranch, and a homeless guy outside a ninety-nine cent store said, "You know, can you give me money? You know, I just wanted to go in a ninety-nine cent store, get some water, get something to eat." And she said, "You know, I'll do one better. I got an outhouse, and I need somebody to clean up after my horses, and I will pay you, and you can stay there." Was she gonna get ticketed for? offering this opportunity? Is she going to get in trouble because she helped somebody out? Mm-hmm. That's what we're supposed to do. If, if we planted orange trees on the, on the street, they could grab an orange as long as you set up a program where you say, hey, you know what? We planted this for y'all. It's giving them a, a sense of ownership. Hello, somebody. Amen. Where they could actually feel like, you know what? They gave us these orange trees. The city respects us. I'm going to go out and I'm going to get my oranges. But guess what? I'm going to make sure that these oranges are picked up. I'm going to make sure that everybody else, because they'll appreciate things. When you don't appreciate somebody, how can you think that they're going to appreciate you? And I think the way we get to that point is we have to start understanding these are people. We have plenty of jobs and plenty of 
internships and fellowships where people look for people to canvas for them, and they pay them fifteen dollars an hour. They always say, "Get the teenagers," and get. And I'm with all that, but what about those on the street? Right. And we overlook them because they're bums, they're homeless, and this is why I don't use the word homeless because. When you give somebody a label like homeless, if there's a person outside throwing rocks, we're going to say it's a homeless person outside. They don't have a name, a gender, or a race. So who are they? So we, you know, last call for alcohol is more so like a person without a home, those without homes. We like to say brother, sister, describe what the, who they are. But when you give people labels like that, and especially some people say bum, which just really makes my skin itch, it shows that we don't see the humanity in right. people. And when you see the humanity in your brother and sister, whether they be red, black, brown, white, yellow, short and tall, big and fat, it shows that you don't care. And we wonder why we don't have good schools. Why would they invest in schools and they don't invest in those who are on the street? So the reason why my campaign is targeted to those on the street first is because if we can make sure we can start seeing the humanity in those on the street, we ain't going to have no problem getting good schools. We ain't going to have no problem getting police to stop killing us because you care about those on the street. But as long as we don't care about those who are on the bottom of the barrel, I mean the the new second-class citizens, why would they be concerned with anything else? Because we've lost our sense of compassion. My mother raised us to always look at them like our equal. I'm not better than you because I'm driving. Because, look, we all sometimes one paycheck away or or 100 checks away or however, you know, your income looks like. And things happen. Right. And everybody ain't out there because drugs or whatever. And even if they are on drugs, look at what caused it. Right. People don't just smoke crack to smoke crack. Right. Yeah, they getting high, but why? What is what are they trying to heal without knowing how to heal? Right. What are they trying to use to cope? Were they molested? Okay, let's deal with that. Are they abusing a domestic abuse relationship? Let's deal with that. They have right now the safe the safe net for the women who are abused only only seventy rooms. So what, where everybody else going? On right. the street. Right. If I'm on the street. Hey, I may start doing drugs. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know how people do the cope. Yeah. And so, and at the end of the day, um, what gets people's situations. To you. That's it. Right. You know, because, you know, darkness is never learned. It's introduced. And that's why people in jail that never did anything got to jail, start doing drugs, yeah. start scamming. Start, because one thing they always say, you never get rehabilitated in jail. You just learn how to be a better criminal. criminal. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we have to start looking at this because this real, there's, there's a give you a perfect situation. There's a, a mother and a child. She runs away from an abusive husband. She ain't got no family out here. Where is she going to go? To a shelter. If the shelter turn away her and her child, where is she going to be? On the in street. the street. So that's not that different. If you're sleeping in a car, I, you know, it's crazy because in, in my hometown of the Bay Area, I went back and I just saw how the, the neighborhood of culture, hello, somebody the home of the Panthers, where we actually took care of each other. We had culture. We, we, we took, you know, we, everybody could eat, you know. Um, and then now, because of inflation and because of everybody moving us out, I say that we're Bay Area refugees. Wouldn't you say that, Lady AJ? Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> where we got moved out of our, our, our birthplace, right. you know. And now people can't afford. There's people that make $100,000 that leave, live in a car and is considered homeless. Because 130, of... 130000 is considered a poverty line in San Francisco. And that's to get food stamps. Mm. So just look at that. We could learn from mistakes. We could learn from the recession. We could learn from the past. My grandmother always said, if you don't remember your past, it tends to repeat itself. Come on. So, you know, we we have to look. And then, you know what gets me? I'm going to be real. 
because I, I was saying this today on um, Instagram, is that we got to stop talking about how we represent God and show people how we represent God. That's Amen. right. Because there's so many people. I go to church and I do all this and all that. But when you see somebody, you 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 look away. Right. Once you know? again, I said earlier, you judge a tree by the fruit. That's right. It bears. Right. Religion is not just what you profess, it's what you practice. Yeah, who right. say that again? Religion is not just what you profess, it's what you practice. Yes. And many of us, especially in Las Vegas, we do a lot of church, but we seem to forget church is a huddle. Mm-hmm. You don't go to the game to see the huddle. Right. During the game, during the huddle, where we at? Concession stand, getting popcorn, nachos, bathroom break, right? Right. <laughs> After that break, we run to the seats. After we say amen, that's the huddle, the break. It's time to get to work. Right. But understand that when you're on that field, you do what you got to do to win. So as long as it's right and in legal sense, and sometimes just because they, they, the ref may call a, a play or call a, um, a break or a, or a fine on you, and he could be wrong. So in this game we call life, they may say, okay, don't, don't street feed no more. But we keep doing it because he called the wrong thing. Right. That don't mean he called the right thing. And so as believers, we got to step it up and understand that it's not about trying to make people believe in God or believe in what you, who you call God. Show us. Right. You be the representation of God in your life because many of us are claiming, but we're not showing. And, you know, a lot of people have a lot to say, and they might do something in a small circle. But what I, you know, amend you for is that, you stepped out the circle because you could have just did, kept doing your, right. you know, your groups. Mm-hmm. But you said, you know what? I'm going to take it to the next step and go to go for mayor. You know, how many politicians we got out there is bona fide. We got, I know a few, but it truly bona fide. You got to think about that. And I was encouraging more people of Christ. We could have all the stuff we could do, but if you don't have a seat at the table of what we get dictated by, you know, because we don't get to see when the law come out until it's done. So until we give more people that care for people and they got a heart after God in the rooms to say that ain't right. I don't believe in that. Let's not do that. And instead of being a yes person saying, because what I thought a politician was a person that stood for something and actually Wanted to stand on something, Come on. you know, not just want to go with the Joneses just because, you know, maybe that's why I can't be a politician because I can't just sit and and, and, and agree <laughs> with things that don't make sense. That's right. And things that I, I know morally because at the end of the day when you take off every title, you still you. And Come at on. the end of the day when you die is you Come on. and God. And, <laughs> man, that's crazy to me. You know, I think it's a, it's a wonderful thing. I'm very inspired just listening to you. you. And I think that the Lord is moving in wonderful ways because our, the mayor of Henderson, I would, if I lived in Las Vegas, I'd definitely vote for you because I think that you have such wisdom and you can see through the hypocrisy that the city has. But our mayor in Henderson is a believer as well. And what a wonderful thing it would be to have a believer for both Henderson and Las Vegas. That would just be because we, like Pastor said, we need to be at the table. Amen. We need to be having the discussions. If we're not a part of those discussions, then there will just continue to be 
ungodly laws passed. And I wanted to add on to that about the discussion part. Not saying the like because I've been invited multiple times. I just have horrible time management to the faith initiative with the mayor and and things like that. And that's good and continue to do that. But if it's not your job to actually help write the the law, you just put in your suggestion. It's like a suggestion box. And it's up to them. Yeah, that's cool. That's what you say. It's kind of like a perfect example. I'm gonna give y'all something that kind of bothered me. So I made an ad for Anointed Radio, just of a girl eating ice cream with headphones on. And somebody had feedback to say. And then at the end of the day, I thought about it and I said, but this is my radio show. I'm just going to be honest with you. That, that When you come up to something and you're part of something, and other people that, that it, you know, it's dealing with things, they're not going to understand you. They're just going to have a either. And then that's what I'm kind of uh, – going up to is because when you're going for mayor Mm -hmm. no one's gonna all they're gonna look at is your downfalls they're never Mm -hmm. gonna look at the the good things they're never gonna see the late nights they're never gonna see the times where you had to sacrifice your own money they're never going to see the times where you had to sacrifice time with your family the ones you love and then everybody to still have negative things to say help me somebody so you it one thing is and, and it's crazy the burden of leadership is, is not just the title, you know, and I always tell people this, you know, maybe that's my, because, you know, God called me Timothy to call mm-hmm. real leaders out, you know, because if you really think about it, leadership has never been about self, glorifying never. self. That's right. And that's not what it's about. It's about helping others and guiding from the wisdom that you've learned by getting the understanding from God. Especially man, uh, man of good, man of God, and and pastors and bishops, given the vision from God, not self. Hello, somebody. Mm-hmm. The vision from God and leading people the right way, so that they don't fall through the same things. That's what that's what ministry is. If that's you really it. think about it, right. it's because Paul was showing in the Bible that hey, that's what I used to do. Don't be like me. And even though I'm in jail right now, and I know y'all coming to save me and get me out of this jail, but let me tell you about love. Amen. It wasn't just talking about love for your spouse, because we always misinterpret that scripture, you know, love is sweet, love is kind. He was actually talking to Christian, radical Christians that were trying to kill the Romans to bust him out of jail so he wouldn't die. Mm-hmm. And you have to think about this. He was trying to show you that, hey, do you know what true love is? Because if you know what love is, then you know that what you're doing is wrong. Despite how petty you could be, despite how much you think you could be right, you always have to understand if God loved you enough not to be petty with you, if God loved you enough not to end you right there, then why can't you do the same? You touched on some beautiful things. One thing you touched on that I I really felt was the burden of leadership. Right. First of all, true leaders don't get caught up in the title. Right. And true <laughs> leaders don't get caught up in speaking abilities because everybody does not have the gift of oratorical skill. Mm-hmm. I understand that because I am a person who mostly gets the mic, there are people who don't get the mic, who are a part of my team, who are leaders. I think that everybody needs to look within and release the leader within you, but understand that Dr. King was the voice piece, but you had those who didn't talk, but who right. should be put just as up he was. Right. So we think that Leadership is those who are talking, but leadership are those who are walking, you know, not just talking. 
I mean, don't get me wrong. We we need those to give those speeches to get us fired up and get us inspired and to get us working and to educate us in many ways. But true leadership is being an example. Mm-hmm. I don't get caught up in the title of minister, even though uh, I am a minister. Minister means servant. But what good is it to have that title and no work to back it? Exactly. And so I don't get caught up in the title. All I say is, let's get the work done. You know, right, I think right. in, in, in so many communities, we're so concerned with who's on the logo and who's going to be there and who's not who's not a part of it. I'm not coming because they didn't ask me. It's like, it's not about that. I'm right. a servant. It's not about us. Now, if you ask me to play a role, no, I'm going to play that role to the best of my ability. But I, I'm, I don't, I'm not concerned if I don't have to speak. Right. You ask me to speak, I'm going to speak. Right. And so I understand that we need to understand there's a lot of sacrifices that leaders make. And I think that we don't understand those who put themselves out. That's a whole other type of leader. Mm-hmm. See, it's easy to be a leader. You know, you lead. Your, your purpose is to make flyers. You're leading in that capacity. But you're not putting yourself at risk of being killed and risk of being jailed and risk of being uh, left by your, your wife or your husband or, you know, different things like that because you're making sacrifices for the community and I think that a lot of times we're hard on the leaders who are in the forefront without really understanding the sacrifices they really right. make. Right. I think the reason why Dr. King gets elevated so high is because we recognize he gave his life. I think any leader who was killed in the struggle definitely should be highlighted because they gave their life. Right. You know, and so that's a whole other ball game. You know, think about how his wife may feel or his children res- probably resented him at one point in time for Felt like they gave up their dad. What they get out of the deal? You know, I'm sure they right. understand being adults, but that's a lot to swallow. And I, I just, I, I kind of see, obviously, the tradition I'm walking in, but I understand that without great sacrifices, we won't have great success. And so I'm grateful to make the sacrifices I'm making. I don't do it to say I sacrificed it. I, I never bring up what was done, but I just try to encourage people to understand that don't be so hard on those who are on the forefront, but support them. Because it's easy to make judgments. It's easy to assume and to talk about them when you're not in that position. Right. I think we assume that all leaders are on the same playing field, and we're not. Because if you're somebody who is in the forefront, who's in the limelight, who's being watched every nick and cranny, you don't have the certain, you have more luxury they have. You don't have the same type of worry they have to have worry about because you're on two different levels. They're not better. They're not superior, but they're on a different level, for sure. Well, you know, it give you a perfect example of a burden of a leader uh most people see leadership when it gets glory you know the glory part mm-hmm. the glory part you know the front the front line but they don't see the times where you're the only one in the building they don't see the times where you gotta be there even if you sick if you uh, on your deathbed because you know if you don't do it nobody will Come on. that's a, a big burden that a lot of people don't see because it's easy to be like I'm a part of it but if it don't rely on you you could go home that's you could it. be like nah I'm not feeling it today and not do it but when you look at leadership in that situation I always love comparing it to being as a parent that's mm-hmm. a true form of if you could really lead because you can't just give up you can't just say it's over. There's people that did it. I'm not going to just mm-hmm. say that, that nobody did it, but you can't just give up. You can't just say, I'm not going to do it today. That's the same way you should be in all roles that you have. If it's a, being a leader at your job, being a leader um, in, in your community, being a leader as, as a husband or a wife, being a leader in those roles and actually saying, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to do what's needed 
despite how I feel, because everybody gets so emotion driven by what they feel. I feel like I don't like that. The bottom line is what needs to be done. And I've learned that. I have to learn that. I have to learn that when I chose to be in the community, a lot of things that kind of come with the leadership role, I was too young to really understand. And I had to accept it. It was times where, as you stated, you know, we first ones in the buildings, last ones out. Right. You know, uh, whether you in pain or not, my family say you got you got to slow down. You know, you you moving and grooving. You need you know put your health first. You know, but you you make those sacrifices because you understand it's not the fact that we don't think that people like are capable of keeping the ball rolling, but we understand that the leadership role and that we have responsibility. To ensure it gets done, so that, we're not saying that those who are on the team can't do it, but we know we have to make sure it gets done. That's just a, that's a lot of pressure on, on on people, but I just believe the way you deal with that is understand. You know, you only do so much, mm-hmm. and don't get so caught up in the the title or get so caught up in the responsibility that you forget to have some self care and put yourself first. And I'm I'm learning that now as I'm getting older. To don't it's okay to say no sometimes, and it's okay to say I can't do it. You know, you're not Superman, but at the end of the day. I respect those who are in the forefront because I understand what come with that. I would like to just change the pace a little bit, and, and I don't know. You, you the right person beside me to tell you this information. I think that what's going on with the police force and all the killings, senseless killings, let's put that out there, the senseless killings is proper training. You can't have a cop who's been on the force 10 years when there was no cell phones available. Then, all cop that's been on the first five years, six years, because, you know, going live and recording and all that stuff. That, that The Rodney King uh, beating was the first, you know, big thing, but that was happening every day in Compton. And somebody finally did. But now, I think that if you've been on the force every five years, you should be brought up to speed. You know, be retrained on how to deal with cameras in your face because your favorite thing is now oh there's a camera here well you got the ability to cut that camera off anytime you want that's right right and a lot of times that's what happens them cameras come off and then when they come back on blood coming out the eye handcuffed behind their back and you know they dead like one dude i remember on the news like four or five years ago uh got shot in the back in handcuffs by the las vegas police Ain't heard nothing about it. It was a brief thing on the news. Never seen it again. No outrage. Then they, then Las Vegas police killed a, a man. They were serving a search warrant and came in the house shooting. And, and the baby was in the living room and stuff like that. Just come in shooting because they already labeled him. Mm-hmm. So it, and that's why I think, you know, maybe you're the right person to tell that training should be updated every five years or so. And I think, an I think another thing is, too, we have to start realizing proper training. Like, I'll give you a perfect example. I was in the U.S. military. I was in the Army. Our rule of engagement was I can't pull a gun out on you unless you are pointing a gun at me. Unless I visually see a gun pointed at me. It could be pointed that way. I still... I could go to Fort Leavenworth if I drawed on you and you just had your gun sitting right here. Or if you just had your gun pointing the other way and it wasn't pointing at me and I chose to fire, I would go to jail. Not regular jail. And I would just put that out there. It's 
prison. It's, it's a prison for military people. So they don't have the same laws. This is federal. So it has a whole different thing. There is people in jail that saw somebody in the military in Iraq or Afghanistan. And because they had a gun, they, they freaked out. They freaked out and was like, oh, my goodness, there's a gun right there. I don't know if he wanted to just turn around and shoot. So they shot. And they're in jail. So think about that. So why are the rules of engagement different with silver, with the civil peacemakers, as we, we call them? You know, because it should be the same training. If military can't go overseas, away from their family in a different country, and make sure that nothing is even in the sight why are you able to not train our local police to be able to have the same training as the military? And a lot of people is coming out of the military with the same training, but because it's different ways of, you know, you do what Romans do. You know, when, when you're Rome, do what Romans do, right? They're adjusting to the situation. We, we have to understand that first, we're not, and that's another thing, too, I guess you could say, with PTSD and, and evaluating a lot of things. And we have to really know that mental illness is real. Um, we have to start evaluating, you know, evaluating the things because you don't know what people are going through through their head. You know, not saying that all cops are bad cops. I have an uncle that is a cop for the Richmond Police Force. And you don't know what they're going through. There's people that snapped and killed their husband because mm -hmm. they was tired of them doing something. So it's not just police force, it's people. But but like you said, uh, what is the consequences if you're in the military? You go to jail. What are the consequences if you're on the police force? <laughs> you get a paid vacation. <laughs> it's, it's always question mark, question mark, because it's not the same. I was there, give you a perfect example, and you said you, you was looking for outrage like how Oakland. Well, I was there for Oscar Grant. Mm -hmm. I was actually just graduated high school, and I was going to go out, and it kind of hit home when I saw the Fruitville Station movie when she said his auntie was like, you know, I think it was his mama, was like, you know, be careful going to the city because that was the same thing my auntie told me that same night, and I chose not to go to San Francisco and get on BART like all the Bay Area teenagers and young adults do. We go to San Francisco, and it's New Year's, and get on BART, and... Just think about it. He got into a fight and he lost his life. Yeah. That's how simple it was. And that was the start. That was the start of a lot. So it, it, it's not, it's the same sad song, but the main thing is people going to have to start, first of all, voting, which I'm about to go into this segment. Make sure you go out there and vote. When do we, everybody could go vote for you? Well, early voting is officially started. Election day is April 2nd. So we have about 12 days until election day. I think they're going to close early voting March 29th, if I'm not mistaken, and then open back up April 2nd for Election Day. So please get out and vote. Let's make history. Let's make Amen. it. Amen. Let's make history, y'all. Y'all heard it. Well, Let's I'm going to go, go out ahead there and say, vote. you know, some people don't like to put who they voting for. I'm voting for Stretch. Hey, Tomorrow, right. I'm going to find out what early voting is in my community and go vote. Amen. Thank you for that. I know you, I know you can go to... Uh, most local libraries, they're doing Meadows Mall, uh, the Sahara Library, I know for sure as well. I know Meadows and the Sahara Library are two locations I know people have been people have been sharing they're going to, uh, I think between the hours of 10.30 to 5.30. Please vote. Um, understand that, understand, number one, why you're voting. I think that's important because you right. understand why you won't be disappointed. 
if you understand why you're doing what you're doing, right. understand what that what that process looks like. And so many of us have been always told voting is a solution. And I always say it's not. Um, I'm against voting if you're going to tell me it's a solution because if voting was a solution, we wouldn't stop the vote. Right. Right. So it's a strategy. Yeah. Now, we're going to say it's a strategy. Excuse me. I get behind it because now it makes sense. Right. I'm not disappointed if I don't vote and see the community change overnight. But when you think that this is a solution and you do it and you see eight years later ain't nothing changed, you're not going to vote no more. Mm-hmm. So it's important we let people know, understand it takes patience. Right. 400 plus years of oppression will not get cleared up with a vote because it's a right. strategy. Right. But it can bring about solutions if done with the right mindset. Right. So if you go vote and you come back and say, okay, I voted. Now what's next? Not waiting on me as the mayor, but say what's next as a community. If it's the lady who we know who not getting enough food and and she doesn't have air conditioning, as a community, let's band together and work with those who are in the inside. But true change comes from the outside and it pours over into the inside. Right. Politicians are supposed to become in the political arena, not to forget who got them in, but to say I'm in the inside to now unlock the door and bring out certain resources that we normally can't get without having an inside connect. Mm-hmm. But the change is the outside. And so we have to understand that voting can be very powerful mm-hmm. if we understand what the purpose of it, how it works, and why we're doing it. You know, So right. we have to be strategic in everything we do. We have to play chess mm-hmm. and understand that it's not going to happen overnight. But if we come together as a community, as a human family, I believe we can change this city forever. And so I'm grateful to be 24 years old. Like I said, if I lose, I still won. Amen. And I have another shot at it. You know, right. uh, four years, I'll be 28. Still got time. Right. You know, and at night, I'll be in my 30s. The next time, hey, I may keep running until I win. No, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> this brother run every four years. No, I. but honestly, I, I, I don't really know what's, what's next if this doesn't work in my favor as far as the win because it's going to be favored in either way it go. But I understand that it's something I'm doing that I'm, I'm really taking it in day by day, and I won't really understand what I did until it's over with. Right. I, but I'm recognizing early that I'm on to something. Mm-hmm. And I thank God for it. I thank God for calling me to do it. Sometimes I don't understand it. You know, and sometimes I recognize that we don't really see, but we have to do it, you know, and understand that with leadership, there come sacrifices. Right now, you I don't know it, but I'm in a lot of pain. I have a toothache on the right side of my face. It's lighting me up right now, but you would never know it because mm-hmm. I understand the sacrifices that have to be made, and I'm willing to make these sacrifices to bring about change. Amen. And so I think that if we understand that we all play a role and just be patient. You know, there's a quote that says, patience is not waiting, but it's the attitude you have while you're waiting. Right. If you say, okay, I just wait, but you're pacing back and forth, slamming doors, you're not patient. And so patience is saying, okay, you know what? It's going to take some time. And I'm going to figure out plan B's, plan C's. If it doesn't work, not bashing the individual, but figuring out what can you do. And so the same way I started off being a brother who went from protesting for 515 to Black Lives Matter to running for mayor, that was a progression. Right. It was a step. It, it, it was steps I took. It didn't come overnight. And I understand that me becoming mayor won't happen overnight. And if I lose, I tell people, you know, understand, I'm not going to be discouraged by no means. I'm going to be more encouraged because my job was done. God told me to run. And he Amen. said, I'll figure the rest out. And so that's my that's my hope to all to just take the first step and God, he'll bring you the rest. Right. Amen. So where can everybody find all your information, your website, your social media, all that stuff so that they can be able to know updates with where you're going to be at, all, all this stuff, stuff coming up? Well, the beautiful thing about Minister Stretch Sanders is that 
my office is in the streets. And so I don't have an actual location that I call home uh, as far as a building yet. And even when I do, I'm still going to be in the streets with the people because that's what we need to be with the people. Many of us get in the inside and we get comfortable with the nice suit and the alligator shoes and we forget, brother, you got to roll them sleeves up and right. be with the people. And so with that being said, I am on social media. You can t- get me on Instagram. My personal is official underscore stretch. And the mayor Instagram is underscore Sanders for mayor. Facebook is Van Stretch Sanders for mayor. Twitter is underscore Vance for mayor. Uh, the personal Facebook is Minister Vance Stretch Sanders. And like I said, I also have a website, www.sandersformayorlv.com. And so those are some platforms you can get me on once again, sandersformayorlv.com. But I'm reachable. You know, uh, we have a rally coming up uh, this Saturday, to be exact, at uh, Kianga Park, uh, formerly known as Doolittle Park, 951 West Lake Mead, which is by Doolittle Community Center from... Three to five o'clock. Going to be a barbecue and also have a rally. And so basically, when I say rally, a gathering, opportunity to listen to my platform and fellowship. And immediately after that Sunday, we're doing a peace ride, unity walk to highlight the the violence in the community. We're going to have motorcycles and those who ride low riders in the street, and we're going to walk on the sidewalk carrying a casket to symbolize the violence. And then on Sunday, March thirty first, we're calling on one thousand black women to join us for a day of unity and to honor black women because it is Women's History Month. And so. The work don't stop, family. Amen. Just because I'm on the campaign trail don't mean I'm going to forget what my foundation looks like and forget why I'm running. I think many of us think that people say, well, I promise you when I get inside, I'm going to start. I'm going <laughs> to, no, 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 it not work like that. You got to start now. Right. The song says nothing from nothing leaves nothing. Right. And so the person had nothing going on beforehand. What makes you think that something <laughs> magically is going to click in their head now they serving? <laughs> it don't work like that. So if nothing from nothing leaves nothing, then something from something leaves something. And so Amen. let's have something before you get elected. Right. If you judge the tree by the fruit it bears, you judge those who are going to be effective in that position by what they did before they got in it. And with that being said, I'm asking people to check out my track record. You know, uh, you can look up my commercial. It's it's called It's Time, Minister Dread Tennis Commercial on YouTube. Go to my website and just do some research on my on my background and see that I have not changed. I've evolved. I started, I was 19, I got out here. So obviously I've evolved. There are statements I made I probably won't make again. There are some mistakes I made I, I hope not to make again. But for the most part, I've been consistent. You know, and I understand my vision. My vision has not changed. It's always been the same, and that's to see Las Vegas come together. Um, in the last two years or so, as I close, in the last two years or so, we adapted the slogan, Vegas Strong. And I believe that that slogan is powerful. Right. And by no means do I make mockery of human suffering or, or human life that was taken in the October 1st shooting. But since then, we've adopted that for every little thing. If we get a Knights game, Vegas Strong. If we sell 100 hot dogs in school, Vegas Strong. I'm like, well, if that's the case, if we're going to make it the new Viva Las Vegas, let's really look at that slogan specifically and understand we ain't Vegas strong. Because you got 10,000 people on the street sleeping in tents, those in prison for tickets, how are we Vegas strong? You know, the west side looks like a bomb hit it, but Summerlin looks like the mayor donating every day. So, therefore, let's understand what Vegas strong means. So, until we are Vegas strong for all, we Vegas weak. If my arm is infected, am I healthy? No, I am not. Because it takes the whole body to be healthy. And so, as a city, if we're going to be healthy, let's get the whole body together. Once again, I'm not making no mockery or knocking the slogan or the power of the slogan. But I want us to understand, as a city, 
you are no strong, you are no stronger or bigger than your weakest link. So we have to uplift the least of these. Me living in Southern Highlands, living in Seven Hills, and living in, in Hollywood or Summerlin or Rancho Drive in a nice house, driving a nice car, means nothing in the brother and sister and, and Fortmaster and D and Maine and under the tunnels on Tropicana are living like that. Right. And so I don't get any joy knowing when I go home. I, I come home and I, you know, I'm living okay, but those are on the street suffering. It hurts my heart. And so that's why I do what I do. And to all of us winning, none of us winning. And right. so with that being Amen. said, I believe together we can, you know, and James Brown said it best. He said, we should overcome if we all come over. Right. Amen. Amen. So we just want to thank you, Mr. Stretch, for coming out here. We definitely support you. And um, like, like you said, let's make history. Um, I say this always to the people that come, I bring on the show because I bring this as a platform for people to talk about real issues, bring uh, – situations up to be able to talk about testimonies and show why we do the things that we do and i just thank you for coming on here um i definitely can continue praying because i started praying the day that you posted on facebook you're going for mayor and the lord showed me that so much that could come but so much greatness that could come out of this so definitely i believe that you can make the change i believe that you have a level head even despite you know because people talked about timothy in the bible you know, he was raised by his mama and his grandmama. And because he, he was young, he wasn't the, the Apollos and all the big people that had some age on him. You know what? You can learn a lot when you listen to God. It don't matter what age you are. That's right. You know, a lot of people, we put that age just because, you, you you know, it says in the Bible that if, if you have gray hair and you still a fool, yeah. there's an issue. <laughs> You know, that gray hair is supposed to be a crown of wisdom. That's what it's supposed to mean. And if you haven't learned nothing or if you haven't put things forth, what's the point of it? So it doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter about, you know, it's kind of like what Dr. King said. Don't judge somebody by, and I'm going to generalize it, by what they look like. Judge them by the content of their character. And I think that's a big thing here. So um, definitely support. Much love. You know, I already been supporting you before. I'm still gonna support. Yes, sir. And um, thank you for coming on the show. You know, I appreciate you coming on to the platform. And yeah, anybody else got anything to say on our close off? Stretch for change. Stretch uh, for change. Stretch for change. I and like this that. is Coach Hill. Uh, not even get my Instagram. I just want you to know, if you vote for our new mayor, Stretch Hill, we will become Vegas strong. That's right. Amen. Bless you, brother. And, and, and this is Pastor Jay. You can always find me at Anointed Radio because I'm on Anointed Radio. <laughs> and you're listening to AnointedRadioNetwork.com. Always make sure you go download the app. Um, you could check us out on the Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We got all of it. Just look up Anointed Radio. You can see um, Stretch. And you can be able to listen to this, this interview um, on our website at AnointedRadioNetwork.com. Click the menu button, push past show, and you could be able to hear this whole interview again, which will be uploaded. But one thing I wanted to just leave, and I, my grandmother spirit's with me, so I'm going to just say it. If you don't remember your past, you tend to repeat it. Amen. Amen. Much love, y'all. Lady AJ. Have a wonderful evening, everyone. Amen. And, one, and, and, and you know what? I just wanted to play this. Make me over again. <laughs>
by Tone. See y'all later. <laughs>